Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We may be living in an uncertain world right now, but one thing is definitely for sure. The NFL sleeps for no one. NFL draft coming up in about three weeks or so. Stanford with a chance to have a couple of guys and have their names called draft weekend. One of them will join us on this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. It is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. Hope it's off to a good start for you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I am Troy Clarity. Looking forward to doing what we do best here on the TreeCast, and that is talking Stanford football. And we're going to be joined by our special guest for this week, one of my favorite players to watch in the Stanford uniform. He got after the quarterback with regularity and was a fantastic leader and ambassador for the Cardinal football program, Casey Tuhill. He's been training and getting ready for the NFL draft. We know the draft is going to happen, but there's been a bit more uncertainty than you normally see during the NFL draft prospects training uh, process. So we'll discuss that and look back at uh, Casey's Cardinal career coming up in just a few minutes. I can't wait for that. Plus, we'll give you three things you need to know about Stanford football right now. I am indeed Troy Clarity. Thank you so much for being here with us. By the way, the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, of course, as always, is presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at Believe, B-L-E-A-V dot com. You want to advertise on the show? Hey, look, podcasts are more popular than ever now with a lot of folks staying home. We hope you are too and doing what you need to do uh, to get us uh, all back to normal life. Uh, at least as normal as it can be after this is all said and done. But uh, the quicker we all stay home, uh, the better off we'll all be. And uh, hopefully you spend part of your time at home listening to the TreeCast and checking out uh, the Believe Podcast Network. All sorts of shows uh, are, are there for you. And if you want to advertise on the Believe Podcast Network and on the TreeCast, I wouldn't be mad at that. B-L-E-A-V dot com. Hit me up on Twitter at uh, Troy Clarity. Last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. And uh, if you want to reach back into the TreeCast vault, by the way, you can certainly do that as well at uh, Believe.com. Last week, we had a terrific chat, great chat, with uh, former Stanford pitcher and All-American and uh, currently uh, ESPN uh, college baseball analyst Kyle Peterson. A fantastic chat with him, got his thoughts on uh, where college baseball sits after just getting a couple of weeks into its season and the things that it'll be facing once uh, things uh, start to ramp back up once again. And uh, some really honest powerful stuff looking back on his cardinal career i highly suggest you uh, check it out uh that chat with kyle peterson uh last week in case you missed it he is the he's the kirk herb street of college baseball i was talking with someone uh in the industry about him uh, the other day and he said yeah you know he, he's the kirk herb street of college baseball and that's pretty cool so glad he could join us on last week's show glad casey Tuhill could join us on this week's show but first we need to get you three things you need to know about stanford football Let's start with number one. And three things today is going to focus on getting you caught up on some things that that we haven't had a chance to discuss just yet. Not necessarily hot off the press news or anything like that, but uh, just, just getting you up to speed on some things that have happened over the past few weeks or so. First order of business is to say hello to Eric Sanders, Stanford football's new inside linebackers coach, Peter Hansen, who was a guest on one of our TreeCasts last fall. I really enjoyed catching up with him. 
tall guy, six foot six, six foot seven or so. But then again, it makes sense when you remember that he actually played basketball for Arizona back in the day. I had to be reminded of that. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. I remember you. But Peter Hansen, now the UNLV defensive coordinator. Congratulations to him on that. But the Eric Sanders uh, coming back to the farm that was announced in late February. He comes to Stanford from the NFL, spending a few years with the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. But he was a defensive assistant at Stanford in 2015. You might remember that season for Stanford. Of course, it ended in Pasadena on January 1st with Stanford dropping a hot buttered beatdown on the Iowa Hawkeyes. While Sanders was with Stanford in 2015, he worked with the defensive line. And you might remember uh, just how much of a subplot, how much of a storyline that particular unit was for Stanford that season. Harrison Phillips, big things have been expected of him going into the 2015 season, but those things went out the window when Harrison was laying on the ground against Northwestern in the season opener and done for the year with a torn ACL. And there was literally no depth, no depth at all left for Stanford on the defensive line that year, largely outside of Aziz Chatou and Brennan Scarlett, with some Solomon Thomas and Jordan Watkins sprinkled in there for good measure, but... Those guys hung in there, they toughed it out, and they helped lead the way to Stanford uh, going back to Pasadena that year. So welcome back, Eric Sanders. Looking forward to seeing what you can do. And I think you might have a lot on your plate with the Stanford inside linebackers this year. Let's get to number two. As we welcome home Tanner McKee. McKee, a Stanford quarterback, returned from his mission in Brazil late last week. His uh, LDS mission uh, that uh, he has uh, been off uh, for two years from, and uh, it was good to see him back. Uh, got some Twitter love from from some guy named Steve Young. I, I understand he has some clout in the quarterbacking and in the LTS community as well. That was pretty cool to see too. But McKee uh, is back stateside, uh, four-star quarterback out of uh, Southern California, Corona, California, uh, six foot six. Uh, he did lose 15 pounds of muscle at least during his mission down in Brazil. Kind of hard to have training table down there when pretty much all you're eating is beans and rice. But he worked out the best uh, that he possibly could, and he's got some work to do to get back uh, into a true uh, football conditioning shape and uh, football body shape as well. Of course, that might be a little tougher these days, but uh, that's what's on McKee's plate uh, over the course of the next uh, few weeks and the next couple of months or so. By the way, there was a terrific story on uh, Tanner McKee uh, in the Deseret News uh, from last September, uh, which followed him around, uh, spending a couple days with him on his mission in rural Brazil. So I highly suggest you uh, Google it and seek it out. The Deseret News, uh, Tanner McKee's uh, story there from last September. Now, where is Tanner sitting in the uh, quarterback room for Stanford? Where does he land on the depth chart? Who knows? But he is back, and I know the Stanford coaching staff is extremely excited about uh, that young man's future uh, once he uh, gets back in the fold in true fashion. All right, let's wrap it up with number three. Stanford's schedule, of course, released uh, in January. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, so let's talk about it now. Uh, beginning September 5th with William and Mary coming to town. And then the rest of September features a trip to Tucson, uh, home against USC on September the 19th and then at UCLA to finish out the first month of the season. One of my favorite road trips to make of all time. Hopefully I can make it this year. Stanford heading out to Notre Dame on October the 10th. Washington State will be reunion weekend at Oregon and then Oregon State to close out the month of October. 
uh, November with a uh, trip to Seattle on November the 7th, uh, Colorado uh, at home on November the um, November the 14th, a uh, big game up in Berkeley November 21st, and then BYU rounding out the Stanford regular season the final Saturday in November. Stanford has just one bye week this year, as is generally the case. There were two bye weeks last year just based on how things worked out, just one this year, and that bye week comes in the first week of October. No road trips on back-to-back weeks. Uh, the back-to-back road trips to uh, Pasadena and South Bend are uh, wrapped around and sandwiched around uh, that bye week in the early week of October. And only one short week that Stanford has to deal with with uh, Oregon State, that game being on a Friday, October 30th, after the Oregon road trip. Uh, look, obviously a lot can happen between now and when these games are actually played, but key games, as it seems right now, at Oregon and at Washington State, on the back half of the season, and both on the road. If Stanford wants to do big things in the Pac-12 North this year, in all likelihood, it hinges on the outcomes of uh, either or both of those games. And by the way, BYU to close out the regular season, Stanford's going to be seeing a lot of BYU over the next few years. Eight meetings between the Cardinal and the Cougars over the next 16 years. So, a good schedule, I think, overall. I, I think advantageous, and I think, uh, and, and certainly props to the Pac-12 for doing a much better job of uh, scheduling things and not making things so crazy. I still can't believe USC, a few years ago, played 12 straight games in 12 straight weeks. That was the year they went to the Rose Bowl, but that's still that's still certainly something that that should never happen in this day and age in college football, and they're doing a lot, being a lot more mindful of uh, short weeks, long road trips, night games, and all those sorts of things. So, uh, advantageous schedule, I think, in some ways uh, for Stanford, at least as advantageous as it can be in an even year. And it all kicks off on September the 5th. We hope. Those are three things. We do know the NFL Draft will get going in three weeks' time, April 23rd to April 25th. It won't be, obviously, as big of an event this year as it has become. It's going to kind of like, you know, go back to go back to the old school days, um, where it's just maybe a few folks in a conference room uh, trying uh, not to break the uh, the guidelines that have been set forth as far as large gatherings are concerned. Uh, fans will not be there. Uh, draftees will not be there. So it's certainly going to be a bit different. But that, that still doesn't take away the excitement that you feel, that I'm sure you feel. I've never had this happen to me and never will, but I'm sure it doesn't take away from the excitement. It won't take away from the excitement that you will feel if you hear your name called at the podium during the NFL draft. A couple of Stanford guys are in line to be in that very uh, position, in that very experience. In a couple weeks' time, one of them joins us on the TreeCast. Casey Tuhill from San Diego, California. Fantastic career. Just a terror off the edge. Uh, was a second-team All-Pac-12 last year. Loved watching him play. And I also really enjoyed chatting with him uh, on occasions when he would stop by the uh, weekly uh, press luncheons and uh, also in a post-game uh, co- conference, press conferences as well. Really enjoyed t- chatting with Casey Tuhill. And I'm so glad that we could catch up this week. Casey Tuhill on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. And the first thing that we talked about was the fact that his last game was November 30th against Notre Dame. A few things have happened and a few things have changed since then. What's life been like for Casey Tuhill since that point? Sure. Well, it's been, it's been pretty unique with everything going on in the world. But um, I think the most interesting part is just, you know, 
transitioning from being at Stanford for five years and, you know, playing my final senior season to kind of just completely having to shift into a new challenge. And I mean, it's still football, but in terms of like what I had to do and the process of, you know, you know, finding an agent or deciding where to train um, and then really just focusing on yourself only for three months or so and getting ready for the combine was was really kind of starkly different from anything I did at Stanford, um, especially not being around, you know, my team and not having kind of that team goal. It's more of like a personal goal. So it's definitely different, but I really enjoyed my experience training uh, for the combine at uh, California Strength, which is actually in San Ramon, so not too far from Stanford. So I was pretty comfortable. Got to train with Colby Parkinson and Cam Scarlett as well. So just great guys. And um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And there was a little bit of a, it's a little bit different, right, with all the coronavirus concerns. So the process wasn't exactly the same as people had experienced in years past, but um, just going day by day and, and enjoying it while I can. Yeah, and certainly your experience at the Combine, your performances certainly seem to seem to open up a few eyes. A 39-inch vertical leap tops amongst all the past rushers, and you really seem to impress uh, with, with a lot of your athleticism. I'm sure you also impressed in the interview stage as well. But what were your big takeaways from that from those days in Indianapolis, and and, and what are the, your big memories from uh, from that experience, which is certainly one of the more unique ones you can possibly go through, one of the more unique job interviews you could possibly sure. have. Well, I mean, I'd like to think that now, now that I've done that, hopefully most job interviews at another <laughs> stage of my life won't be as, as challenging because that was pretty unique. Um, you know, I loved, I really loved it. Um, I think you hear a lot of stories about the combine and how difficult it is. And it is, it's long. Uh, there's a lot of in, uh, interviews, strenuous. You have really one day that can define a lot of your, it can define your future and it can define where you get drafted, things like that. Um, but it's always something I've wanted to do. I mean, ever since I can remember, I watched the combine. I looked up how like the defensive players did, the offense. But I want. I always followed it ever since I was young. So it was really being able to do that. It was surreal, and um, you know, it was. I just enjoyed. I tried to enjoy all the aspects of it, whether it was you know, just keeping a, a kind of a positive attitude with all the medical tests you know, all the interviews, things like that. But I mean, I was fortunate to be there with a few of the guys I trained with, uh, really, really some good kids. So I was pretty comfortable. You know, I had a good time. And I mean, I was really just blessed that I was able to be invited because I think that certainly was something I wanted to do and that would, would help me. Was there anyone there that you would maybe seen on tape, heard about, and then you saw them in person, and you were like, "Whoa, man, this this, this dude's the real deal." Any 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 standouts to you uh, as as far as uh, as, as far as who stood out to you? That yeah, I like, like anyone. I mean, I'm a college football fan, so I mean, it was cool seeing you know Joe Burrow, Chase Young in person, right? Because you hear so much about them, you watch them on TV, and then you see them in person. It's kind of like I mean, right? They're important people. They're they're very well known. So it's like kind of like when you see like celebrating person it's just interesting um but you know I met a lot of met a lot of the other linebackers from other schools and pretty much everyone was a just a stand-up person really really nice good to talk to so that was fun uh just to get to you know hear uh about other people's experiences at different schools because you can kind of especially in football with the recruiting process there's there's so many directions you could go right you could go to certain schools it's always interesting to hear about what people's experiences at those other schools were like so kind of uh, provide some interesting perspective. 
Obviously, things have taken a bit of a turn uh, in the world and certainly in the country over the past uh, few weeks as everyone deals with, with the coronavirus. You're based in San Diego. Uh, obviously, California has been in shelter in place for the last couple of weeks or so, which, which, uh, which puts a crimp and perhaps, I think, some, some training opportunities. You know, I can't just run down to the local Planet Fitness and, and do my nine miles on the bike anymore. Uh, how has training and working out changed for you over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no facilities open or anything. I'm still able to do football drills, condition, run outside, which is great. But I, I try to, I mean, try to stay away from people when I do that. I don't, I don't want to be around a lot of people just in general for everyone's well-being. Um, I bought a squat rack actually. So, and I borrowed some weights from my high school. So I'm, I'm able to do all the lifts I need to do. And I mean, there's some things I have to have to improvise uh, with my plan that I have from California strength. But for the most part, uh, I ha it's been pretty smooth. I mean, I, I really, I kind of had to plan for this. I assumed just with the, the way things were moving, I feel like there was just a, there was a pattern. So I understood, okay, I'm not going to be able to lift at my high school, which was my plan, or I'm not going to be able to lift at Stanford, which was my plan. I'm going to have to kind of figure this out as I go. So I was able to kind of put some of the pieces together, kind of have a, like a home gym set up and then, you know, just keep up with my normal, normal drills and everything on the field. Yeah, Peloton. The folks over there are probably loving life right about now. Every, Peloton yeah, and Zoom. Peloton. Everywhere. Yep. <laughs> uh, scouting reports are always really interesting uh, to, to read uh, during this time of year when you're looking at draft prospects and 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 seeing what what the, what the scouts say about guys. Some can some of the criticisms can be just just completely nitpicking and totally minuscule, and others are just like completely obvious. Well, this quarterback isn't great under pressure. Well, gee. Who is when you've got a 300-pound dude, you know, coming at you right, right in your face? For you, some of the scouts say, you know, great flashes as a pass rusher, struggles a bit stopping the run, lays lumber in the quarterbacks. I really like that one. And will be a bit better in a couple of years. What have the scouts gotten right? What do the scouts not have quite right about you? So I think that's interesting. So I think I kind of know what you're referring to. Um, so I think the difference that I try to have in my mind is like, I think what you see a lot of online, it's, it's analysis done by people in the media or people that work in the media for their teams. So I tend to not try to put too much weight on it. It's nice if they say nice things, if they say crit critical things, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, they're not the ones who make the decisions, so I don't really read too much into that. Uh, but in terms of, you know, what you hear from scouts, I just try to always use it has an opportunity to learn, okay, what do they think I can improve? Because right now, especially, I mean, I have, I have downtime, so I can work on those things. And that's kind of how I approach it. I mean, I really doubt that most scouts will be as critical of my performance as I am of my, myself. I mean, I take the time to do that, and I think that's important. So, you know, I take most of that stuff with a grain of salt, and then, I mean, I truly know what I need to do, and usually that's more critical than what they say, so... I don't, I don't really worry about all that, but yeah, I mean, I'm focused on, you know, improving my pass rush, adding size. And if, I mean, if they do think, if people think I'll be better in a few years, that's fine. I never want to peak too early. I mean, I'm always just trying to see how good I can be. And that's really my goal for the NFL. Just, just get as good as I can improve every day. And then everything else should take care of itself. Hey, being better in a couple of years isn't a bad thing. I hope I'm better in a exactly. couple of years, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about your Stanford experience. Uh, you sure. went the full five years. Uh, when you look back at, at, at your experience on the farm, what did you bring 
and what did you take away from it? Ooh, that's interesting. What did I bring? You know, I think like most, you know, when you get to Stanford, you're really, when you're a recruit, you're really just excited by the prospect. It's a big deal, right? Um, and you, I mean, you post a lot of pictures. I mean, I see people do this now. It's just, you don't understand what it takes or what it's really about, but you're very excited for it. So, I mean, I, I brought a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. And I think one thing I did well that I always encourage people now and that I hope to bring to whatever NFL teams, I mean, I really just tried to shut up and work hard and learn, put my head down, not expect anything to be given to me. And I think that was a good way to approach it. But I also, even by doing that, there's, I realized there was so much I had to learn. I mean, I remember my first couple of practices when you get hit in the mouth and you're like, wow, this is just different. This isn't high school anymore. So everyone has that moment. And I think that was my first year was a lot of that. Just, you know, um, just with the influences, Coach Turley, Coach Anderson, all the, all the coaches just having to understand that, okay, this is just more serious. This is more important and you have to either step up or you're going to fade out. So, I mean, it was just understanding that. And then, I mean, from what I took from my Stanford experience, there's, I mean, endless, endless things. But, I mean, I definitely feel like most of my time and most of the things I will remember have been from, you know, the Stanford football program. And I think what I like keep looking back to was just my growth as a person from when I first stepped on campus to when I left. And a lot of the things I was accomplished and glad to uh, accomplish, I, I just when I was a freshman, maybe I didn't even think those things were maybe as possible, but as Stanford prepared me, surrounded me with great people and motivated me, I think I was able to achieve some things I may have not thought possible at the start. So, I mean, I'm very grateful for that and just the relationships formed. I mean, I feel like when I was younger, you think of a lot of the people, coaches, administration as kind of, even people in the media, you, you think of them as kind of just like, uh, maybe not as, close to you or more it's more like opaque like you don't really you, you don't really interact you don't understand they're just you, they're just people that you interact like you're around but you're not like close to but I mean I'm pretty glad to say that I think at the time of by the time I had my fifth year and this last season I mean I got close to a lot of people in the football department and I I formed those relationships that I'll have forever and that's just something I'm really grateful for I mean um, just the friendships that have formed that I maybe didn't think were uh, possible when I was younger. Yeah, and, and on the way out, your final year, William Campbell Trophy, uh, you were a finalist for that award, the Campbell Trophy uh, given to the player who has, uh, who shows, and, and this is their words, uh, combined academic success, football performance, and exemplary leadership. What did it mean to you to be a finalist for that award in particular? You know, at first when I was, um, you know, uh, when I was on the watch list or even a semifinalist, I don't think I understood it as much. I mean, I'd heard of Bill Campbell uh, in the area. I think I've actually been to uh, been to his house, uh, but I mean, I'd heard of him and he, he seemed like a pretty important figure. So I, so I was intrigued by the award, but as I learned more about it, I mean, it was, it was really the type of award that I think I really always wanted to be recognized for or to, um, be a finalist for it combined like everything that I kind of have placed great importance on since I was young which it's never been just about football just about school or just about you know trying to lead it's been about the combination because I think that's 
what sets you apart. That's what makes you unique to be, to excel at a few different things rather than just focus on one. And so that, that meant a lot to me and um, I didn't win, but it went to Justin Herbert. who's who's a great, uh, great recipient of the trophy. And to be able to go to the ceremony, represent Stanford, um, just brought me a lot of joy. Um, and I, I, I really think that I only was able to be recognized for that award because of the people around me. I mean, my parents, how I was raised, and then all the opportunities that Stanford gave me. So just really grateful to kind of everyone and everything that made that happen. I had to kind of be reminded of this, and I, I looked at it, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. That is true. Uh, Peter Columbine, uh Joey Alfieri, Stanford's had kind of a nice little run of, of pass rushers over the last few years. Uh, what did you learn from those guys, and what, how does it kind of feel to, to be able to continue to, to hold that torch? I mean, those guys are just some of my, you know, close friends, mentors, whatever, whatever you may call it. I mean, it really started with Kevin Anderson, my freshman year, showing me the ropes, showing me, you know, how to work hard. And we, we still are good friends. I mean, he lives in San Francisco. I see him a good amount. Like, just friendships like that are what makes Stanford so unique among the players. And that's something I tried to continue. And then, I mean... Guys like Pete, I mean, I still, Pete was one of the first people I called after the combine just to talk about everything that happened. I mean, I, I think that says something by itself. I mean, he's always watched out for me. He's always pushed me, always believed in me. And I mean, I really hope, I mean, I don't know if we'll end up on the same team, but I, I hope to, you know, see him for years to come. He's, he's a great guy, a great leader, great player, and just couldn't have anything but respect for him. And same, same with Joey. I mean, Joey and I spent even more time together than KA or Pete and I did and we really pushed each other I mean he pushed me a lot he taught me how to taught me how to work I mean many of his uh, aspects of his game I admired and you know really wanted to emulate and I was happy to see he's on the Niners in the area and yeah another another great friend that I think has really shown me a lot in my life. Now watching you on the field and, and watching you do what you did best. There were more than a few times I'd be watching the tackle or whoever was trying to, trying to block you and I'd be sitting there going, wait a minute, that's holding, that's holding. Admit it, what percentage of plays do you think you were held on throughout the course of your career? It happens, yeah, it happens a lot, right? They, uh, I feel like you always hear like they can call holding on every play. And I think that kind of ties into something I need to work on is I need to just get off those blocks better, right? It's, it's never, never an excuse, but yeah, I mean, it happens for sure. And it gets frustrating sometimes. I mean, remember like I thought a few times in the Cal game, I thought I got held a lot, but you know, it, at the end of the day, there's always things you can do better to prevent that. So that's kind of where my focus has to lie, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a part of the game. Give, give me one or two young guys uh, who are still on the squad right now that you think are potentially poised for, poised for big things, if not this year, then potentially down the road. Could be offense, could be defense. Uh, your, your, your clicks to pick, so to speak, uh, for the next couple of years for Stanford. There's a lot. Honestly, there's a lot. I mean, I, I'll, I'll go young guys at some point, but the people that jump out to me right now is, I think, you know, Curtis Robinson is a guy, another guy I was really close with that we spent so much time together uh, over the years and I've seen him grow and I know what he's capable of and his just I mean even when he first stepped on campus I was like this guy runs like just he just runs differently like it's just like it's pretty <laughs> like it's it's just unique <laughs> and I know he's he is he is such a great leadership style and he really speaks to everyone on the team 
in maybe a way that I, I wasn't able to. He just relates to everybody, and he's so good at that. Um, so I expect a lot out of him. Great player, great athlete, great leader. So uh, really think this is a big year for him. I mean, Jordan Fox as well, a guy I spent a lot of time with. Another great player, had, had some bad luck last year, kind of like I did my senior year with my broken arm, his, his injury. So, I mean, I expect big things from him. In terms of young guys, um, I mean, Davis isn't really a young guy, but he's, he's up there with the best of them. I mean, his poise, his arm strength, his accuracy is unique. And I, I mean, I would be shocked if he didn't have anything but a complete breakout year. Um, let me see. In terms of someone that I was really impressed with uh, was Caillou Kelly as well. I mean, came in as a freshman, started as a corner. Like, I, I, you got to tell me the last guy who did that, I, I can't even remember. I know Q, Quentin Meeks, another great player, started at nickel. But starting at corner is is really challenging and did very well. Yeah, Melvin uh, held his own. Exactly. So, I, And he's a great kid. I got to know him. I was part of this class where I was a mentor with another senior uh, student athlete for freshman student athletes. And he's, he's nothing, nothing but the best great kid, great athlete. And I, I really expect a lot out of him over the years to come. And I mean, it's so cool to see, because I remember when I was a freshman, I was not ready to be on that field at all. I can't even imagine that in my mind. And then you see the freshmen now that are just like killing it. I mean, we had so many freshmen play last year and I think yep. that that's just the best for them. And I'm, I'm really excited to see all them play. I mean, all the outside linebackers play, um, I mean, I know I'm going on, but Gabe Reed, another guy that I was really close with that I think has, has a lot of talent, especially pass rushing and younger guys. You know, you got um, Stephen Heron, I think will, will step up in years to come. And I, I'm just excited to see. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much depth and I think people don't always think about that. But yeah, another guy like Thunder Keck, um, I mean, I could go on for days. You just, there's so much talent in these rooms. It's just, it's going to materialize. And I, I mean, I really believe that. Yeah, I, I can't wait to uh, see it all uh, on the field for a lot of different reasons, but I can't wait to see it all uh, get back uh, get back together again. Uh, so what is Casey Tuhill like away from football? What are some things that he, that he enjoys doing? I mean, so you got to turn off the switch at some point. You yeah. know, what, 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 are, what are some things that, 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 that you like to do away from football? Sure. Um, you know, well, I mean, it gives me a lot of time now to think about that, right? Sure. <laughs> I've been, I mean, I work out and, uh, I mean, I'll, you know, work out twice a day, but that's really it besides that. I mean, I, I like to read, um, you know, just, uh, maybe not, I didn't do that as much during my Stanford career in terms of pleasure reading, cause I had to read for classes, but I've been doing that a lot recently. Um, I've been doing, uh, like just a lot of calls with my friends. I mean, I love now I can't really do it anymore, but just like going to the beach with my friends in San Diego, hiking, things like that, just spending time with family and friends. It's that really kind of uh, gets me through the tough times. And then just like, uh, I used to surf. I don't really surf anymore, but that was fun. I'll pick that up again. Uh, going to movies. I really like, I like kind of unique movies. I mean, I was talking to Colby about this and my other roommate up at Cal Strength, Logan Wilson, about like the type of movies I like. It's more like indie or like coming of age films, like movies people don't normally like. Those are like my type. So I don't know. I got some unique hobbies here and there, but I mean, I look forward to continuing to like discover those. I think football takes up so much of my 
energy and a lot of my identity too. So, I mean, I, I love it, but I think also over the years, I've kind of tried to craft other things, other hobbies that I can, you know, participate in as well, just to kind of round myself out a little bit more. Yep. Yep. Yes, indeed. I hear that. Uh, all right, let's, let's wrap up on this. Uh, the team sure. that calls your name, the team that drafts you, what are they going to get as soon as, as soon as you walk through that door? I think they're going to get a guy that I've always been, you know, ever since I was a freshman in high school to freshman in college, a guy that's going to, what I mentioned before, put his head down, work, um, you know, he's going to not make many mistakes and just, I mean, as cliche as it, as it is, I'm going to give it my all. And I think they're also going to get a player, I mean, combined with some of those traits who has unique athleticism um, as demonstrated by the combine um, and, you know, someone that is always going to find a way to improve every year. And, I mean, just to kind of take what you said, I'm, I know I'm going to continue to improve and be better than I was in college. So I think they're going to get a prospect that will continue on that upwards trajectory uh, for years to come. Uh, I'm visualizing right now the hit against Northwestern and the ball rolling free and it's scooped up by Stanford and the Cardinal able to, to, to ice that game against the Wildcats to open up the 2019 season. You had the sack on that play and uh, the exclamation point uh, on that day. I really enjoyed watching you play. Can't wait to see what you can do on the next level. And Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. What will be to the quarterback that's on the field when you're on the field as well? Thank you. <laughs> Good stuff, Casey. Thanks a bunch. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good stuff, as always, with Casey too. He'll really appreciate him uh, taking the time out to uh, to join us. And uh, I want <laughs> originally when we started the chat, I, I referred to uh, Casey's alma mater uh, down in San Diego as Central Catholic High School. No, 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 no. He went to Cathedral Catholic High School down in San Diego. Central Catholic. I must have had Pittsburgh on the brain because Central Catholic is a really, really huge uh, football program uh, in Western Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh. Dan Marino went there, by the way. So maybe I had that stuck in my head for a minute. But uh, uh, Casey Tuhill, a proud graduate of Cathedral Catholic High School and a proud graduate of Stanford University as well. I, I found it interesting um, in his post-game press conference uh, after the final game of the season against Notre Dame. Stanford, obviously, 4-8 and eight last year, not the season that anyone had in mind. But, you know, he was, he was very adamant in his immediate knee-jerk look back at the season last year that, you know, I mean, let's face it, injuries were a tremendous part of the issue last year. But, but Casey was adamant in the immediate aftermath of the ending of last year that you know, he, he didn't accept injuries as an excuse or even as an explanation last year. He was like, look, it was all about execution. There are, there are instances where I could have played better. There were certainly instances where we as a defense could have played better. The offense could have done better. It was, it was execution above everything else. And when you're in the mix, when you're, when you're, when you're one of the guys who's out there on the field, that's, that's the best answer. That's probably the best answer you can give. But injuries were a tremendous part of it. Tremendous part of it. For the rest of us, those of us who are who are outside the locker rooms and outside the, uh, the coaches' meeting rooms, uh, the rest of us could say, hey, look, injuries were the main reason why we saw some of the things and many of the things that we saw for Stanford last year and saw a lot of the youth that Casey and I discussed uh, that got some fantastic experience. Caillou Blue Kelly, I can't wait to see what he can do when Stanford retakes the field in the fall. Or whenever. But, you know, here, here we are, Casey Tuhill, about to make that next step 
into the NFL, uh, following in the footsteps of Peter Columbine and, and Joey Alfieri, recent outside rushers who have, who have gone on to the NFL. And the draft is proceeding without pro days. It, it already has. I mean, Oregon was able to have theirs. They actually had theirs the day that everything got shut down. But uh, Stanford was scheduled to have theirs on March 19th. Uh, it did not go off, obviously, as uh, as scheduled and as planned, which is too bad for a lot of different reasons. Uh, that, that's one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, would have been great to have been a, been a part of, of another Stanford football pro day. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it makes it, in some instances, a bit more difficult for prospects who, look, top of the draft is pretty much set, right? <laughs> Joe Burrow, Chase Young, uh, a few other guys that you know are going to be for that you know are going to be first rounders, but but after that things start to get a bit murky, and it's where you know, a lot of guys who don't go on the first day, a lot of guys who don't go on the top half of the second day as well, uh, the guys who fill out the rest of the draft, uh, a, a lot of their impressions are made at pro days, and a lot of their impressions are made during in team visits when you actually get to see. The general manager, the team president, the head coach, meet guy, the position coach, meet guys face to face, talk to them eye to eye. Especially if you did not get that experience, uh, if you were not invited to the combine uh, in Indianapolis, as Casey Tuhill and as uh, Kobe Parkinson were. But if you didn't have that experience, makes it a bit tougher for you to have a bit of an impact and to show uh, more accurately what you might be able to do. So this is obviously going to be an unprecedented draft, or at least, or at least one that kind of takes us back to the old days, right? Before before you had all this this wealth of information, before you could look at a kid, just pop up his uh, uh, a kid out of a D three school somewhere that you've never heard of, but still be able to pop up his tape on demand and look at things. No, you're not necessarily going to be able to do that to this extent this year, but. As we mentioned at the top of the show, the NFL sleeps for no one. The draft goes on. And in three weeks' time, we will find out what the professional football future holds for one Casey Tuhill. As always, I welcome your thoughts on the show, uh, on Stanford football, on Stanford athletics as well, as uh, we will we'll be widening the We'll be widening the scope of the show in the weeks ahead, obviously, uh, without Stanford football in its spring session, but we'll certainly uh, cover things outside of uh, Stanford football and around uh, Stanford athletics um, as well. But you've got thoughts. I welcome them. Hey, you got ideas for content? I welcome that too. Best way to uh, convey those to me is hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. Uh, and of course, uh, I always appreciate the follow. Uh, at Troy Clarity on Twitter, at Troy Clarity, last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. Believe Podcast Network, thanks to them for making this show available. Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeart, we got you covered. No matter which way you want to go, listen, uh, subscribe, download, and rate the shows as well. Show ratings are also uh, very important as well. I certainly thank uh, those of you who have taken the time out to uh, give not just ratings, but great ratings and great in an honest way, too. It's not just my mom, you know, or isn't my mom. Uh, I don't think she is uh, going on there, logging on and saying, oh, my son's show is awesome, which I'm, I'm sure she would. But, you know, legitimate, great reviews. I certainly appreciate those of you who have uh, chipped in on those. Uh, listen, subscribe, download and rate and review the show. I, I certainly appreciate uh, those of you who have done it and those of you who will. 
That'll wrap it up for this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Thanks again to our guest, Casey Tuhill. Stand-up guy, stand-up individual, and um, really impressive, really impressive guy, both on and off the field. Best of luck to Casey in his road ahead, and our thanks to him for joining us on the show. Thanks most of all, of course, goes out to you for listening and checking out the show. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Wash your hands. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. Stay home. Stay home. I would love to be able to fire up the football season on time and as scheduled. It can't just be me washing my hands and staying at home. We all have to do whatever we can uh, to make sure that uh, things get back to normal as quickly as they possibly can. We will see you next week. Thanks for being here with us on the TreeCast with Troy Clay. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.